Hello, everyone, and welcome to BXB's Bits and Bobs, episode 46, in sickness and in health, because both me and Richard are a bit under the weather. And this is going to be one of those episodes of lots of random noises, because it's like a million degrees. I've got my window open. It sounds like my next door neighbours might be doing some fucking DIY as well, because, you know, timing. Um, I've got a horrible sore throat. Richard's got hay fever. I've got so hay fever. You'll, you'll hear me sniff and you'll probably hear the dog at some point we could make a little game of this it'll be like a yes. bbc effects reel or something mm. see how many noises you can spot right or or drink drinking game like so every time you hear a, a noise that isn't one of us speaking in the background take a shot so guaranteed by the end of two hours or whatever we go for you'll be fucked up yeah. so that's uh, always drink responsibly though so if you listen to the podcast while driving uh, make sure you use um something to the fact that you, yeah so that's that's my advice what do you think richard is that fair um you just froze then i don't know if that's just my end or oh cool you. great so we're having it problems as well this is fantastic this is the, the, the whole the whole corner that's probably got i, I bet i know what that is i bet it's because i had to update my fucking laptop earlier uh <laughs> windows 10, like, doing its great thing and i bet you that's like broken everything so um i i froze on my end as well but i wasn't sure if it was just my end or but it was everything so I was just saying, you know, just conceal your alcohol when you're drinking while driving so that you don't get in trouble with the police. That, that you know, I just think, you know, if you're going to drink and drive, do it responsibly. Um, yeah, so how have you been, Rich? How's things? Um, I'm okay, I think. Busy, okay. as usual. Um, I'm not going to drone on about work. I'll probably talk about work too much on these podcasts. But, um, yeah, busy. I've got my half marathon tomorrow. That's the big event in Richard's world this week. So uh, good luck. In aid of, thank you. I'm uh, running in aid of Motor Neuron Disease Association. And uh, if you find me on Twitter at Colonel Red, you'll probably find a link where you can sponsor me if you would like. That would be nice. Always, um, yeah, always a, a good cause. Uh, yeah. How hot is it? It's meant to be quite hot again tomorrow, isn't it? Like 2020 something. Yeah, I think so. So uh, I think this is probably going to be done by the time it picks up the heat, though, because it starts at half eight. So right, yeah, it shouldn't be too hot that time in the morning, I hope. I mean, talking about the weather, the most important thing, obviously, is that uh, for the royal wedding today, they had uh, they had good weather. That was super. Obviously, Richard, you watched live. Um, I know you're a big royalist, uh, and you 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 desperately desperately love the royal family so how, how was it yeah well speaking of twitter i've had to not be on twitter today because no one's talking about anything else oh because you wanted to avoid spoilers i and i understand yeah you don't want to get spoiled in a, in a wedding you know because who knows how that's going to play out um yeah, just the the big mystery isn't it who is paying for this <laughs> sadly that's not really a mystery is it that's that's sadly very true very obvious who's paying for it. we're paying for it aren't we lucky lucky people um I, I i've yeah i i don't know i don't care about the royal family i don't care about people's weddings and i i rarely even care when they're my friends weddings frankly it's just like uh it's a good excuse for a party but jesus christ how is it it's like such a big deal i really don't it's weird isn't it like uh, i'm not sure it is that big a deal it's it's put out on tv that it is but how many people really care i'm not sure it does seem like they're trying the bbc especially has been trying very hard to make it as if you should care 
Like oh, they, that... they have, they absolutely have an agenda when it comes mm. to the models. There's mm. no balance there whatsoever. It's uh, yeah, it's just a whole load of shit that I don't care about. I mean, it's so it's so ridiculous. Um, I've never been into the royal family stuff I, and it's not so much a politics thing it's just a, like what a bunch of rich twats that don't have an effect on my life why would i care about them really you know that's a good point actually yeah because I, I do object to them on um i suppose political grounds I yeah like the idea of one family being measurably more important than anybody else i think yeah. that that's not not a great look for an equality stance but um yeah, other than that, it's just boring, isn't it? Super it's boring. Just the Kardashians that you you can't opt out of. And I was informed today as well, having not been aware of it, that it was also the FA Cup final today. Oh, was that a I, thing as well? Yeah, that's something like yeah, nerds like us probably don't care too much about such things. But I heard it was I heard it was Manu and Chelsea, and I just thought to myself, shit, when I cared about football like twenty years ago, it was. Man U and Chelsea, yeah. like so, it's not really changed, has it? Like, um, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like if the wrestling was still Hulk Hogan and you know, I don't know, somebody like, Andre uh, the Giant, Triple H and Kurt Angle. Something oh, like hold, that. hold on. <laughs> 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 Shit, you've used my analogy against me, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Though I might have kind of done that on purpose who knows um i think i think we should segue into uh what we've been watching on streaming services segment which name i need to come up with that's a bit better than that um, it's, it's supposed to be what have we done or what, what do we want to talk about but it is literally just netflix because <laughs> that's, there's something about us <laughs> middle-aged married men who play a lot of video games and go to and work a lot beyond that what do we have time to do? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I, after all of that, I'm mean, so fucking tired. I'd just rather put something on telly, you know? Like, yeah. I, I know it's pretty lame. I should, we probably should have better hobbies. Look, you're doing something awesome tomorrow, mate. Much respect. Like, you're marathon. You're doing something. That's that's hardcore. I would not be doing that. Like, so, not in a million, million fucking years. Um, but no, I finished The Terror. I finished The Terror, which I highly recommend. We talked about it last time. Yeah. Super just awful but in a in a good way if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i haven't sought it out yet i've been in the middle of other stuff but yeah it sounds good from what you said it's, uh it's fucking recap for anyone that didn't uh, well the... see like see us last time we'll listen the terror is the uh, late 1800s set um story about the the terror which is a, a naval vessel and its sister ship that went to try and find the northwest passage in uh antarctica which is this trading route um across the, the the very top of the world and um kind of true story they disappeared nobody knows what happened to them and this is a a dramatic adaptation as it were based on a novel uh, of what went down up there and it's grim as fuck um and it, it's super twisted super dark um just just very very compelling stuff great performances fantastic performances uh, and i i just i was i found it really 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 just compelling and just unmissable like i just binged it as quick as i could get hold of them um yeah and then, then that sort of segues into the other show i've been i've been watching but I dropped off a little bit and but i'm kind of like it's interesting to me that this the news has happened of this cancellation um in this season because yeah the expanse has been cancelled at sci-fi 
Uh, and I'm obviously a massive um, proponent for the expanse. However, I have found this current season to be not as good as the previous two so far. So I, I can kind of see maybe why people have dropped off of it with the viewers. And also the behind the scenes deal of how this show like works in distribution is fascinatingly bad business for sci-fi. Um, like, do you know, do you know about this? Did you read any of this? No. So basically the deal sci-fi channel had in the U S was for linear domestic distribution only, which means they didn't have the streaming rights. They only had the live broadcast rights, the one time live uh, broadcast rights yeah. for every episode of the show. They got it first, obviously, but uh -huh. they didn't have streaming in the US streaming was Amazon and, and international it's Netflix. Yeah. Um, and in today's day and age with the audience that the expanse gets, I think most people don't want to watch it linearly. They want to watch, they want to binge, they want to watch on streaming, they want to watch when they can watch it, you know, um, especially that kind of audience. So their numbers on the Cypher channel were very poor. However, on the streaming services, it was very good. And it was costing Cypher around $8 million an episode to, to have these rights. Um, they didn't make the show. The show was made by an independent production company who still has all the rights and stuff, which means it might well get picked up by someone else like Netflix or Amazon. However, yeah, not a good deal. They must have really wanted some hard sci-fi to to bolster their lineup when they picked that show up. Um, but yeah, I can from a financial point of view, not a great, not a great setup for them. Eight million per episode. That, that is that is one of the numbers I read. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I can see why they dropped that then. Mm. Is that dead or is it going to? No. Be Brooklyn Nine Nine got cancelled by one network and picked up by another. For example, that just happened this this in the last few months. Um, another show I'm a big fan of, and I, yeah, it's quite. It's just as likely that it might happen. The Expanse. There's a massive fan campaign around it, like bigger than Firefly or anything like that. It's absolutely huge. Um, the yeah. the money that's being put behind this campaign by the fans to get it brought back. Um, so they're really trying hard, and I think I think it, it will quite likely happen. To be honest, especially as the production company has all the sets. They're the ones that hold the contracts. They're the ones that make the show. You know, it's not. It doesn't mean it's dead. It just needs another investor, basically, someone else to back it. Yeah. Uh, and then, right. you know, if Netflix are willing to do it or Amazon, but yeah, you know, that's the problem because because it's two different services. Because so domestically, Amazon and internationally, Netflix. That makes it difficult because what Netflix picks up the show internationally and then sells it to Amazon to do it domestically. I mean, that might make it difficult for either of those parties to pick it up um so it'd, it'd be a shame if it doesn't get finished i mean this season has been a bit slow in places but it, you know i can see where it's going having read the books and it is gonna be awesome so it'd be a shame if they don't um have the opportunity to like finish it off properly uh but you know that is the nature of of genre tv we're lucky to get anything really sometimes i especially with especially with the uh i had a little freeze there i saw that i caught that one i'm trying i'm trying to keep an eye out so i don't lose my place um but uh Sorry? Breathe on the freezes. <laughs> yes. Uh, try try not to think about how much my throat is hurting right now. But uh, yeah, no, that it could come back. Hopefully it does. You've not you've not watched any, have you? No, no well, I've watched a couple of episodes, but yeah, on the upside, if it is dead, um, that's di that's a digestible amount for me to catch up on, I guess, knowing that it has an end to it. I'm in this place now that I know that I've been it's been cancelled. I'm thinking I'm just gonna wait for the whole season to finish before I watch all of what's left in one go. Um yeah. which is probably adding to the problem. Um but there you go. Uh it just makes I just you know, I consuming stuff like that so much better. I just um 
watched the uh, the whole sort of second half of the season of Shield season four, um, and got back into that. That was incredibly good, which I was really surprised about how good that was. I'm a bit of a Marvel trip right now after Infinity War, um, so yeah, I really I really enjoyed that. And I think if you want, you could use that so as a segue, and we'll give a spoiler warning. <laughs> segue. Yeah, um, let's talk about Avengers. I watched it now. Go on. I was you saw it more recently it. than me now, so yeah. go uh, on. All right, big warning. It's been a few one. weeks. If you haven't seen this fucking film, what are you doing? But skip ahead through this. I, don't, I couldn't tell you how long, but we're going to talk about it now. Uh, big, big spoiler warning. We're going to get into it a bit, I think. But I'm curious, Richard. Tell me. Go on. What do you think? Uh, I liked it, but I'm scared about where it's going to go. So, for people that haven't seen it but want, a, well, how are we going to do this? Because if we're just going to just spoil it, should we just launch right it. into it and assume people have already know spoil the stuff and everything? Yeah, yeah, but this isn't this isn't a film. For fuck's sake, you're not. It's not going to be your first Avengers movie, is it? I'm not gonna it can't be. Twenty-three movies. And, no, you, this, if, if this was your first Marvel movie, you'd go in there and be the most confused person ever. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of why I love it. This is because <laughs> this is a film made for people that are the fans they're not they're not making this for everybody else which is why i think it's so impressive and brave and interesting is because it is just for the fans but they can do it now because who's not a fan everybody loves these movies but anyway what did you think yeah Yeah, good point i really enjoyed that they were brave enough to kill off a bunch of people and boy did they kill off a bunch of people half the people richard half of the people yeah in the world in the universe in the universe so yeah that was a jaw-dropping end crazy crazy um but yeah i've just did you ever watch heroes series one season one (laughs) yes the only good season of heroes yes yeah and it was amazing wasn't it until Mm -hmm. you realized what they were going to do with it in season two and i get that feeling from avengers uh, oh really yeah yeah i do have this feeling that it's high stakes jeopardy there's so much at stake loads of people are dead uh what are they going to do next i think it's just all going to rewind and sort okay. itself out let me as the comic book might know better, yeah. you're the comic book guy. right um first of all i absolutely adored this film um yeah. i i thought the action was impeccable it was it was everything i wanted in from spectacle you know it was like this is that that Marvel film. It almost felt like they maybe intentionally made some of the previous ones leading up to this a bit quieter and smaller in scope so that when you got to this one, you'd have your fucking mind blown. Mm. Um, and it, it certainly was. But the, the, the kind of prevailing theory is that Tony, Steve and Thor, so Iron Man, Captain America and Thor, who will all survive at the end of this, yeah. will probably sacrifice themselves to bring back everybody else um the reason being there's a few reasons for this that you know the behind the problem with this is the behind the scenes nowadays right you can't back when iron man first came out um you know there was no need for disney there was no need for um to marvel for marvel to announce their upcoming slate because who gave a shit right now we know we've got spider-man 2 you know months are just a few months after the next one so he's back we've got black panther 2 in the works so he's back doctor strange is in the works he's coming back so we know these characters are coming back right what we also know is that contracts are coming up 
on Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Helmsworth, right? So they're yeah. probably not coming back in the same capacity. And so they that makes in me comics. Sorry? And their characters die in the comics as well. Oh, all the fucking all the time. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, it's comic books, mate. It just because you die don't mean you can't come back. Um <laughs> it, so so the the theory is especially as one of the major themes of this film, if you think back, was we don't um spend a life to save a life. You remember that came up a lot in, in Infinity War. So mm. I, for, especially from Steve, especially from Cap, he kept saying, you know, we don't sacrifice ourselves to save others. You know, that isn't how it works. We will, everybody will survive. I think what they'll do in the next one is they'll flip down his head and it'll Steve realizing the only way to bring back half the universe, especially as the film ends on him saying, oh God, when he realizes what's happened. Mm. I think he's coming to it. He's going to realize that the only way to bring this shit back, there'll be a massive level of sacrifice. And it will be Steve, Tony, and Thor. I mean, it, it, it has to be. It'll be poetic. It'll be beautiful. It'll be absolutely destroy you, like, emotionally, I would imagine, watching it. Um, mm. But not that Infinity War didn't. I mean, my God, when 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 Spidey dies in Tony's arms, it's just like, holy shit. They've only had one and a bit movies to establish that relationship, right? And I think they've done that they did that really well the fact that he's losing his surrogate son basically in yeah. his arms and it was absolutely uh heartbreaking uh, you know deaths that we might not get a rewind on things like that happened before the thumb snap as it were gamora you know yeah. she yeah. she was killed completely separate to that um and in relation to that oh my god i screamed out in the cinema i think i think people thought i was a bit weird when when it, the red skull when the red skull came back i got so yeah. fucking excited because he's my all-time favorite marvel villain oh, um cool. i love and i was i was super 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 marking out on that um but yeah so gamora might not come back i don't think we'll see loki again at least not for quite a while i think i think as is the case in these things they know how popular tom hiddleston's loki is They'll give it a while and then they make a big deal about his return. You know, I think it's quite, he's a fucking God. Of course he can come back. You know, it's, yeah. it won't be hard for them to work it out. It really wouldn't. It, it's never, it's never hard. Trust me. So time travel, uh, alternate dimensions, uh, you know, all my, my cosmic essence got trapped in a pocket dimension. You know, there's so much bullshit you can come up with in science fiction. Yeah, fantasy, so that's kind that's why I'm, thinking of heroes though you know because it just loses the the meaning of it if, if but that's superheroes but what they do is they, they kill them off and it feels finite most recent example in comics was wolverine wolverine was gone for a really long time and you get to yeah. a point where the fans start clamoring for their return you know that yeah. they want them to bring them back and they well, wait and they wait and they wait and then finally they bring them back that's cool if it's like a reboot, but mm. speaking of Wolverine, if Hugh Jackman made another Wolverine movie, I'd be pissed. That there's no way they can bring him back now after um the after the last movie. There's uh, there's a million there's, ways. There's a, there's a but I wouldn't want them to. There's a difference between rebooting a franchise and just pissing all over what you've achieved in the current one. You know? Um, I think I think you gotta remember one of the easiest things they could do with Tony, right? So they kill off Tony Stark, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. He's got an AI, isn't he? Voice in a suit, another Jarvis based off of him. Super easy. So he can still be in the films, but you still get that kind of emotional impact of losing that character. That'd be that'd be that would make sense. That would be easy. I don't think yeah. it'd be as easy with Cap Cap's the difficult one. 
but yeah. Thor is a god, and gods don't, you know, in the Marvel universe, they don't really die. They kind of have their energy is transferred, and it, it, it might might go up to a, a a subsequent realm, and then they can come back again. Uh, but Cap Cap would be the difficult one, and I honestly think Chris Evans. If any of them are going to go and not come back, it will be Chris Evans. I think that, um, that would be brilliant because you'd care about it. Yes, and I think to be invested in this kind of series after such a long time, you have to have some feeling that um, something bad is going to happen and it's going to stick. Because when it's just all easily undone, you lose any emotional connection to it. Or I do. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you do. Um, and that was always the big criticism, wasn't it, of the Marvel Universe? Oh, Nick Fury's dead. No, he's not he's alive. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. You know, that 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 was the last time we had kind of a, a character death and it got immediately undone, didn't it? Yeah. Um, about Gamora was spot on. I think that was the point in the film where I was like, I was just yearning for her not to be killed because I felt like that what that really mattered. If mm-hmm. anyone's not going to come back, I mean, Marvel can live without Gamora, but by the same token, that was an awful, awful moment for her. And just seeing Thanos and his reaction to it as well, it was just heartrending. So, it, uh, uh, really yes, nice. yes, but it was also like telegraphed because she did that whole, oh, you don't love anything, you're yeah. screwed, ha ha ha. Oh, shit. Exactly. Oh, so you knew before she knew. That's uh, <laughs> what you get for glowing, awful. bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dead. Uh, saying that, they've already given themselves an out for that because at the end of the movie, um, we seem to get a young Gamora inside the Soul Stone when mm. Thanos sees her. So it's almost like she's not dead. Maybe her essence has been transferred into the Soul Stone, which the theory is that's where the half of the universe is as well. They are in the soul stone dimension. Uh, and somehow, you know, the next film is going to be getting everybody back out again. Uh, I really hope in the next film they commit to the chaos and the anarchy that losing half of the world's population would do. You know, that you've got these this broken Avengers that the world is tearing itself apart. You know, there's chaos in yeah. the streets. It's fucking yeah. almost post-apocalyptic. I really hope they go for that because the, you know, you, you got that post credits thing, you know, when the planes are falling out of the skies and cars yeah, are crashing because yeah, yeah. people just disappear. Um, so I really, I really think they, they really need to go for to it. Apocalypse and not, not like mm-hmm. what they did with the incident, which really they didn't sell that well. I don't think. The, or you mean when the aliens invaded New York? Is that yeah. What and mean? when they lifted up the city and like 12 people died and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> look, the Avengers are really good at their jobs. Like yeah. they're, they're good at saving lives. It's just a problem when one of the people that dies has, has got a hard on for getting revenge uh, against Tony. Do you remember that? Like in the uh, civil war, that yeah. chick shows up, don't she? He's doing it. Yeah. My son died. He was like doing a gap year. You twat. And it's like, Oh God, <laughs> Only four people died. How did you find me? It's just like, <laughs> just super unfortunate. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super excited. I can't wait for me. It's Captain Marvel, mate. I can't wait to see how, what that 90s set superhero shit's going to be. They got Coulson in there. He's back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's super cool. And then it's like, how is that going to integrate and, and the scrolls and all of this stuff into being a major player? in infinity war part two or whatever they call it um she's she's quite a in many ways an unknown character she's not she's not a huge player in the marvel universe that they've been trying in recent years to get a more and more part of the avengers and the comics and stuff like that um she's she's a really good look she's very strong and a great casting brie larson i think is a great actor so i think there's some real potential there for like passing of the torch of leadership 
you know, from someone like Tony and Cap to her. Um, yeah, she's yeah. very powerful, like as well. She has like cosmic level powers. Um, so yeah, it could I be don't know Captain Marvel, but yeah, it'd be nice to um, have something freshen it up a bit. New, new yeah, that's that's what it's going to do. It's it, she's a very she's quite militaristic. She comes from yeah. she was an Air Force pilot, um, oh. so she's got a quite strict kind of Top Gun vibe to her almost. She's kind of cocky and sometimes overconfident. Bit like a green, bit like a Green Lantern. She's a bit like that, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, in the Marvel universe, but yeah, she's uh, she's really interesting, um, and I hope yeah they bring some depth to it with Brie Larson. I think I think she'll have the emotional range to make you really care about that. But I'm I'm yeah I'm pretty excited to see that. That's uh, early next year, isn't it? Before Avengers, mm. um, we don't even know. This is interesting. At this point, we don't even know what the third film is next year. So we got we got Captain Marvel, Avengers, and then something else in the like November spot, but we don't know what that is. So when's uh, when's the new Ant Man? That's later on this year. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The latest trailer for that was pretty good. I dug it. I was like, oh, okay, there's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to like chill you out, you know, after the harrowingness yeah. of the Avengers, and then we'll be ramping back up into part two uh, when next year comes along. So, uh, yeah, so many movies. I haven't had a chance to see Deadpool yet. This this no. came out this week. Uh, I don't know if I'm even going to get a chance. Oh, you're going to see it tomorrow? I'm jealous. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and then I've got I've got tickets booked for Solo next week but uh, i'm quite looking forward to seeing oh, that. what do you think i've watched a few trailers for that now and i'm really want to like it but i really don't think i will uh i'm, I'm i've seen a couple of trailers i've stayed away from reviews i've got quite low expectations like i did for rogue one um so I, i'm i'm fantastic yeah exactly so I, i'm waiting i'm hoping to be surprised and blown away um as someone you see i'm a massive star wars nerd a lot of knowledge of things like the expanded universe before all that got taken away um in the books and a lot of that stuff is being folded into the new films and there's so many cool things they could do with stuff from the eu in solo so because he's yeah there's a lot of stuff they could use um and i'll be curious to see that some of the trailer stuff hints at some of these things i won't get into it now because it'll mean nothing to you and most of the audience um so <laughs> but <laughs> but kind of hype for that kind of hype to see where they go with that definitely You've also checked out something on Netflix um, that I really want to watch, but haven't got around to yet, which is The Rain. Is it good? Should I check it out? I just finished it today. Oh, it must be pretty good then. How many episodes? It's only eight, and they're not particularly long, so you can probably whiz through it fairly quickly. Um, It starts quite strong, and then it sort of peters out, ends up as a bit of a shower. Oh, oh, very good. Not not a downpour, just a little light spit. Yeah. It's okay. Um, it's it takes a lot of cues from things that you will have seen or played before. It's got themes and ideas from The Last of Us, Walking Dead. Uh, don't know. It ju- it just feels like it's borrowing quite a lot, and it it loses where it's going towards the end. Probably eight episodes is not enough for what it's trying to do. The premise of the rain is there's a disease that is man-made and uh, carried by the rain so if you get caught in the rain you instantly die and uh, it follows a family that were involved or the father was involved in the creation of this virus it was intended to be a positive thing but it turned out bad kind of like uh what's that movie I am legend. 
yeah and a hundred others and and millions of others yeah yeah um so yeah this virus turns bad the family have to go into hiding there's all these bunkers that are set up by the company behind the virus they hole up in this bunker and it ends up being just the kids that stay there for years not knowing where their dad has gone the mother dies very early on the first episode so not too much of a spoiler there hopefully and um yeah it's just about how they survive how they grow up eventually get out of the bunker and find out what's happened to the world and meet other people along the way so yeah it's, it does all of the things you would expect it to do with that kind of setup um, okay and it's just it's fine it's fine you'd probably enjoy it my kind of shit yeah it it ends on a, obviously a bit of a cliffhanger whether it'll get another season or not i hope it does but yeah it's just it's, it's fine okay okay I enjoyed, I enjoyed the punisher a lot more i finished the punisher this week as well oh have yeah how's that? that have you seen that already i've seen about half strong finish strong finish i recommend you finish that off um it it becomes 10 times more brutal in the last few episodes to the point where you can't can't really believe that they're doing it because i think when they first started doing marvel shows on netflix it started with daredevil mm. and everyone was like mm. well, this is this is a bit much for a marvel show but really they do push it much further with the punisher it's really brutal and um, i got up to the episode that ended with him trying to snipe the bad guy and then the bulletproof glass oh yeah yeah which yeah. I thought was a brilliant twist. I, really like, I thought it was a very strong and cool moment. And yeah. he's like, oh, shit, okay. And he's just stood there drinking going, fuck you, Frank. <laughs> um, which I thought was cool. No, I do I do want to finish it off. I, I, like, I like the Punisher as a character quite a lot, especially when he gets to play in his own world that isn't involved with Marvel heroes. Um, That's it, the cool and... thing about it, because he's, he's sort of in Daredevil playing with actual superheroes, but it's much more interesting when he's just in his own world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just him with knives and bullets and getting knocked senseless every 30 minutes. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I think John Bernthal really plays that character well. I can't, I think he's probably the best Punisher there's been. Oh, I love me, Thomas Jane. But yeah, he's not very good. I just like how that whole film is really kind of camp. I enjoy that camp, the campiness of that Punisher. But uh, I also thought Ray Stevenson's casting was much better than the film he was in, um, in Warzone. Um, but yeah, but Burnfall is, he's, he's got the look, isn't he? He doesn't do a lot sometimes in the, in the show. He's quite understated, isn't he? But I suppose, and withdrawn, no, but, there, there but are, that's, there are that's Punisher. Later on where you see how vulnerable he is emotionally. And okay. You start to appreciate how good he is as that character. Then it's not just all dour gears of war face, you know. <laughs> gears of war face. <laughs> I like that. Very good. Um, I think we should move on. Do you want to move on some game stuff? Oh yeah, games. It's kind of like it's been half an hour. Yeah. Like we should probably do a little bit of that. Um, let's let's talk about the big news from the last couple of weeks, which was this huge leak from Walmart Canada, um, <laughs> basically leaking. What seemed what what they were saying was basically the lineup of games from E3. Now, when this came out, 
you could take a lot of it with a big grain of salt because there's some really obvious stuff, you know, annualized sequels and sequels we also knew about. And then there's some really obscure stuff in there. So I'm going to I'm going to kind of just go through it. I've, I'm looking at a screen grab of, of the leak right now. Um, and there's a lot of stuff we already knew about. So Tom Clancy's Division 2, right? We knew that was going to be there. They've already mentioned that, that that's going to be there. That's not a surprise. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, and I just point out now, this is now E3 prediction show, but in a way, we might not need to do one. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of going to be the next episode when Joel's back. Joel, by the way, is still not here, but he's back from his third holiday, um, I think, on the next episode. But then we've got Splinter Cell, which has kind of been predicted because of his uh, insertion into uh, Wildlands. Um, and yeah, they're saying that it's time for that to come back. I I'm very much ready for a new Splinter Cell game. I don't know about you, Rich. I'm, yeah, I'm up on that. that. Makes sense as well because they got uh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Who did the voice? Uh, the, 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 the Michael Ironside. Ironside. Thank you. Yeah, they got Ironside back for that yeah. small mission in uh, Ghost Recon. So yeah, it, it more it, 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 it kind of the full game rather. It than kind of feels that. like he was already working on the full game, and they were like, "Can you yes. do this thing as a marketing thing?" Really, exactly. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it would make a lot more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, we've got. I don't know what this is, right? But it's a brilliantly generic title. I don't know if you saw this one when you looked at the when I when I sent the links, Rich. Insurgency Sandstorm. Insurgency <laughs> Sandstorm. I mean, that doesn't. It literally doesn't mean anything. No. Um, that is just. It, do you know what it makes me think of when I first heard that? It made me think of Spec Ops: The Line. Yeah. And it was yeah. just like, but it won't be as good as that. But it, it just made me think of that, like in in the genericness of it, like it was so so hilarious. Last of Us Two, you know, expected that. Well, yeah, now, you know that. Yeah, um, this one's a bit a bit more surprising. Um, just Cause Four. Uh, the reason that's a bit surprising is that Avalanche, who uh, has basically two teams, so the Mad Max team um is now working on something else which we'll talk about shortly uh, and then the just cause team i guess we could have had another jaws just cause if they just optimized use the same engine kind of just you know they could maybe shove that out the door relatively quick it's only been a couple of years but um you know it's not that exciting is it i mean possible yeah what do you think it's possible i think the last one came out with a truckload of glitches didn't it so it was no it wasn't that it just played really badly on consoles it was really poorly optimized on console um so frame rate issues were un unbelievably bad when there was like a lot of explosions going on the screen um the game itself i actually quite enjoyed it especially when the dlc came out and and it gave you a bit more combat freedom um but no i i, I did like it it just played like shit uh, on the on the xbox and ps4 um wwe 2k19 uh shock no no not at all oh, really? uh everybody knew that was coming uh i don't really know dragon dragon quest 2 um i don't know yeah, much about dragon quest that's not right um sorry bit of hay fever there sorry. um yeah it can't really be dragon quest 2 i read something about this that it might be referring to dragon quest builders 2 right so that, that makes sense so some of these are kind of like shorthand uh, yeah placeholder or even typos you know mm. there are there's some there's some numbers mistakes in this list like where they put like as if there was or, another sequel five that was it wasn't it yeah um the new destiny expansion will almost obviously be uh, announced the one that's going to come out later on in the year that's on here the final fantasy 7 remake uh, i think that's a safe bet we're going to see more of that um these these listings doesn't necessarily mean these are games coming this year they're just, they're just placeholder games, you know, or things that will get announced so that, you know, 
Walmart can take your pre-order, basically. Yeah. Um, so I think that's safe. Like Metroid, yeah, I think we'll see more of that. We'll see gameplay maybe from Nintendo. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? That we got the announcement last year. Let's let's see some gameplay. Let's or at least a cinematic trailer. We just got I'm a hoping, title card, I, didn't we? I think they've said they're only really going to show games that are coming out this year. So that might rule Metroid out. I'm sure it's okay. not that close. But well, yeah, it'd know. be kind of weird for them not to feature it at all. Something, just a little, even if it's a 20 second trailer, you know, something would be nice. Uh, yeah, new NBA 2K. So I go. Just sorry, just going back to Nintendo. You've got to think with Metroid, um, it's one of the last of their big titles that come out for every generation. Mm-hmm. The other ones, we've had them. We had Zelda already, Mario yeah. Kart, uh, new Mario game, all in the first year. And now we just kind of look into what's next. And I guess there's Smash Brothers, but Metroid's mm-hmm. the big one. They can't really go E3 without mentioning it. I wouldn't have thought so. No, uh, we've got a new NBA 2K. Uh, so Super Smash, like you just mentioned uh, on the Switch, yeah. I think that's definitely going to be there. It's definitely this year. This is where we get interesting. Borderlands 3. Now, this is interesting because we've been expecting it for a while. But Pitchford and Gearbox have come out and specifically said it's not going to be there. Now, are they saying that because they want to leave it for a reveal and they want some people to be surprised, you know, or is that true? It's hard to say, isn't it? But they've said specifically it won't be there. What do you think? Uh, I feel like it's time. Isn't true? It? I mean, is, was was this list specifically about E3 features or is it just games they think are coming out? Because um, Yeah, probably more the latter than the former. That's it. So I think we can all, we all know that Borderlands 3 is on the way. It's pretty certain, isn't it, at this point? But whether they'll have it at E3 or not, whether it's ready for that, maybe not. If they've said, if they've ruled it out, Hmm. So, yeah. Something here that's a bit of a surprise a new AC title. Now, the rumor is that, and by sorry, I mean Assassin's Creed, but the rumor there is that um, we might be getting more Bayek, um, you know, the main, you know, more in Egypt, more off of the beginning of of the Assassin's Creed sort of um, origin story and the continuation, kind of like what they did with the Ezio trilogy rather than an entirely different setting. Um, and so that we're gonna, and it's we're gonna get some ludicrous titling like Origins Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that doesn't sound that unlikely, really, does it? I mean, so ACO did really well. It's got a great new engine, you know, a really, and there's not a lot of work. I would imagine that would be required on that side of it. So if you're just putting more content out, then that's that's entirely plausible. However, I would have liked a biannual format for AC, but hey, you know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if that... I mean, that's not completely impossible. I think we could see that this year. Uh, Lego DC Villain sounds like another Lego DC thing. Not Can't say I'm that excited about that. Um, so Beyond Good and Evil 2 is on this list. Yeah. I think we're going to definitely see it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's this year. <laughs> if, oh, if, no. ever, if ever I saw a game that made me think launch of next generation of consoles, it's Beyond Good and Evil 2. I mean, it, the scope of that, the ambition of that project to get that on the Xbox One and the PS4 would be a hell of a feat. I, yeah. I'm not sure that's going to happen, really. Um, that's been on. That's been on in the works on and off for years and years. But you know, they've brought some videos out this year, but it's still really just talking about te- the technology, isn't it? So yeah. there is not a game there ready. 
that's a long way off. No, no. I feel like there's a lot of disparate systems that probably have to come together and meld into a cohesive experience before you have a proper game there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so there's not many left here on the list. I'm just flicking through my eyes. So new Forza Horizon seems inevitable. Um, four, not five, though. Um, I, I'd be down if the setting is as rumored Japan. I think that could be really cool. Really mm-hmm. interesting visual setting for that. Um, there's Gears of War on here um which which makes sense i think it's been didn't come out did it come out last year or the year before no it's been so this is this will be the second yeah it'll be two years so that makes sense they've got again they've got an engine in place they've got you know so they're just looking at like more content you know building on what they've already established with gears 4 plausible um but there's one i've not mentioned immediately and that i'm going to come back to now as it is the last one on this list because when when this list first leaked and people saw this game this was the game that kind of made people think the list might be bullshit because mm. you saw this sequel and went nah they're not making that 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 can't be right and yet rage 2 has been confirmed with <laughs> an announcement trailer and an in sort of in engine trailer um yeah. A sequel to a game nobody expected. Mega textures. Um, that's all I'll ever remember from Rage. Um, <laughs> but but I <laughs> I can't believe it's happening. But it it makes me think they're gonna Bethesda are gonna probably go into like a alternating three game lineup. So you're gonna have a you know Doom, Wolfenstein, Rage, Doom, Wolfenstein, Rage, um, and that that works for me as a as a it's a sort of a cyclical uh, launch system. I mean, it gives you enough time for the developers to really, to really work on the sequel, to really, you know, hone it. Uh, and it means, you know, you're, you're looking forward to the next one, aren't you? I, I w- I'd be quite bummed out if we don't get Doom 2 this year. I was really excited about the possibility of that, but Rage it's, 2 is looking good. Because we, we haven't seen anything of Doom yet. Yeah, Rage 2 looks pretty good, actually. But yeah. then so did the first one. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. People bounced off that pretty quick, didn't they? I remember that. I game. beat it. I'm beating it. Hmm. I'm not sure it did that well because I remember that going for like a five fiver every. Oh no, it, it didn't. It was terrible on consoles, but I beat it on my Xbox. I remember playing it through to completion on the 360. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's um, not like you actually, is it? You don't actually finish stuff. Not though. not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Time time is a problem. But no, back then I I, I think I had the time and the inclination. But um. I, I, so the interesting thing with Rage 2 that I think is really cool is that Avalanche have been working with id to put it together and Bethesda, which means um, Avalanche, the team who worked on Mad Max, have been yeah. working on Rage 2, which I feel like is the most perfect, perfect. synergy. Yes. And I think may have happened because of the interesting shit going on with, I think it's Warner Brothers mm. and um, George Miller. So there's a huge amount of legal shit going on where basically I can imagine Warner Brothers who published the original Mad Max game, they basically probably just cancelled everything in development in all media for Mad Max due to the legal issues with George Miller. So you can imagine there's the Avalanche team there working away on Mad Max 2. You know, Mm. they could have got quite far and they've just been canned and they've got like all these assets, all this stuff. And then they've maybe Warner Brothers have said, hey, you know, our friends at Bethesda, they're working on a rage too we could yeah. combine and we could create this awesome open world you know action 
car based mutants it kind of looks a bit like do you know what else it reminded me of um bullet storm yeah yeah uh, that trailer yeah, and I, yeah. so you had that crazy like live action stupid announcement trailer and then like the next day we had um sort of in engine stuff mm -hmm. and and i thought it looked really cool i thought it looked like a lot of fun i i the kind of idea of like a colorful anarchic post-apocalyptic world you know which is a bit more of a sense of humor a bit more borderlandsy a bit less mad maxi um yeah I'm, I'm i'm up for that i think that could be a fun game but you know you said you know we've not seen anything about doom yeah. but bethesda you know in the last few years haven't been doing that they've been keeping very quiet on their games uh, announcing at e3 and then the game comes out three months later so hmm. i don't necessarily mean that i don't think it necessarily means we won't see something um because they've been they've been very canny about how they announce a e3 and then go straight to release because yeah i think the bigger one of the biggest problems is this long lead time like what we've got with anthem for example from uh, bioware and ea you know we've known about that game so far in advance it was always going to get delayed you kind of it kind of gets you you can't sustain interest over that length of time it doesn't work it just doesn't work anymore yeah i don't think it's a good idea either it, to be honest even if you do sustain interest for the long term you end up with a situation like no man's sky people are buzzing for oh. it for years and then it ends up not being the thing that you talked about when you first started because how could it be with three years in development it won't be the same thing comes to xbox are you coming to xbox in the next month or two isn't it no man's sky did you yes. see that release date was announced? Yeah, <laughs> couldn't 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 they, care less. They're still working on it. They're having a lot of stuff to it. Apparently, it's got uh, multiplayer. Proper multiplayer coming. Yeah, it's mm. mm. kind of. What do you feel about this leak then? Uh, bums me out a bit if mm. if it's accurate because the fun part of E three is finding all the, all the surprises, isn't it? So I hope there's still a few. It's um, it's a very sort of safe list as well, isn't it? Like that's, it's that's, there's not a lot of yeah. That's what I was going to say. If it is accurate, there aren't really a lot of surprises on here anyway. So regardless, I would have been disappointed with E3 this year if this is all there is. There's nothing there that makes me think, oh my god, like mm -hmm. a new Alan Wake or something. And I, I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'll always hope. Yeah. You know, it, it just needs a big surprise. And in particular, Microsoft need to provide a big surprise because they are getting hammered reputationally for their lack of exclusives. And it's not even funny now how long that's been a problem. So one of the other theories about that leak was some junior on the web team was given a job by the higher-ups. Mm. What do you think is going to be E3? so we can get some temporary pages made and ready you know something like that so it's more it could be theory because if you look at it there's a lot of stuff there that if you're fairly in the not in the know with about gaming like us if you if you asked us to put together you know 14 titles that you thought were going to be e3 there's a lot of stuff on there you might have predicted you know yeah. a lot of stuff that you could have come up with you know annualized sequels and stuff like that you know that are quite obvious Rage, um, like you say though, Rage 2, but Rage 2 no is the outlier. That, that, and that's the smoking gun, isn't it? Maybe that's he was just think. really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Rage 2 is, is, is kind of the one that leads a lot of validity to this leak um, just by being on that list. Yeah, problematically. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. 
and I think hopefully there's more. I mean, like you said, Microsoft desperately needs some exclusives. I think we'll get more from Bethesda as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll find out very soon. Like it's in what, three weeks' time, something like that. Yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up. Um, there's, there's so we no do Halo on the list, is there? And there is not to have Halo. They've got to. Make Has it? Haven't they got to? I mean, they have. They have to, they don't have they? To. Um, even if it's something like Gears this fall, Halo next spring, mm. something like that. Like, I don't think they'd want to put them against each other in the same fall time slot, but they they need Halo. Unless there's a massive problem in development about Halo, I can't see why they wouldn't be ready to announce mm-hmm. uh, at this point. Um, let's move it's on. Not, it's not just the next Halo at this point, is it? They've got to sort of salvage ill will the, from Halo. The, could well be the last Halo, couldn't it? It could yeah. be the last, well, be the last chief, I would have thought. Uh, Halo 6, but we'll see, won't we? So it's and slightly uh, moving on to a little bit down on you. So, um, Boss Key, that's the studio Cliffy B put together, uh, not really that long ago, uh, has folded and gone under. Um, so basically, the, the one game they put out was Lawbreakers, and they had the worst timing ever on releasing that game. They brought out Lawbreakers just as PUBG exploded in popularity on PC. Um, so basically, they ring. Lawbreakers was kind of an arena shooter in this sort of um, classical kind of quake mold that used uh, sometimes like some interesting physics mechanics and mobility mechanics. But they brought that out at the, at the moment. Battle Royale exploded, which is kind of the exact opposite type of shooter. Um, it's all character so they, they, based as well, wasn't it? Like um, Overwatch, a little bit Overwatchy, but yeah, less objective. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but basically, they brought that out into early access, and nobody fucking played it. Like it got really low play count uh everybody was playing PUBG, uh and then they desperately tried to throw together this um sort of really early release of their own kind of um battle royale game uh i can't remember the name of it now i did something like high rise or something like that um and uh that that got say, f- what is it called i want to say sunset overdrive and it's definitely not that but it's something definitely like that. Yeah. yeah there was like push bikes in it and stuff something heights Rad- radical heights radical heights there you go i never played it but that's that that didn't do enough for him quick enough and um they've had, he's had to fold the studio and cliffy very magnanimously is going to step away from games for a while uh but he'll be back let me i'll promise you that that boy can't stay out of the limelight for too long um it was a strange statement he put out on twitter mostly just talking about himself and really not mentioning his developers that much. Um, well, I don't know. I took that as just him, you know, taking the blame for it, really. You oh, know, I, I, the burden, I felt. I, yeah, but how much is it is, oh, well, you care about me, don't you? Because I'm Cliffy B. Um, I've, I've, he's a weird character, that guy. Obviously famous for the Gears series, well, the first three. Uh, before he left epic uh you know it's always you know without question always sad to see a developer go um so i hope those guys uh find gainful employment elsewhere obviously they know what they're doing they're pretty skilled because lawbreakers i didn't play the game no one did but um by accounts of the people who gave it a go it was really really good Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Uh, I think some people have said maybe his mistake was so he went on console with it but he only went on ps4 yeah. Um, so that's one of the reasons I never got hands on with it because I didn't have a PC at the time. And now that I do, I never had a chance because it got canned. Um, but uh, 
yeah, sad to say, you know, sad to see. And uh, hopefully he'll be back with something. You know, he just... If only sometimes... he had a PC at the time, it would have I would have saved right. that. I would have got the word out, mate. <laughs> that is exactly what would have happened, uh, 100%. Um, it, it's just, it, when, you're, when you're doing that, when you're taking that gamble as a developer on maybe trying to refocus and br bring out a game that's maybe in a niche that hasn't been popular in a while. It wasn't, it wasn't so much like Overwatch, to be honest, Rich. It was much more like a Quake game. So an yeah. old school competitive shooter. Mm -hmm. um, and, he, you know, trying to bring that back to life, it's all about timing. And there's a lot of luck, a luck involved. And he just had really bad luck. They just had super bad luck with that. If they hadn't come up against PUBG, they probably would have been all right. They would have had a lot more people playing it. But everybody playing a shooter was playing PUBG there. You know, that was before Fortnite had come out. So it was like just the worst timing in that, that two-month period. You know, you just unlucky, mate. Um, so, you know, better luck next time, and I'm sure there will be one. Um, so, oh, is that you put a new story on here that I didn't – I, I got flummoxed then because I just saw that. I went, I don't know what that is. No, we'll get to that shortly. Let's first of all talk about this pretty cool piece of kit, which the, the, is the Xbox Adaptive Controller. Brilliant. Now, is, oh, so really fucking cool, man. This. Yeah. yeah, so cool. Well, it's that, Do you want to talk about it then? I, I, I could do with a yeah. break. So you tell everybody what that, this is. Xbox Adaptive Controller is um, interface that works with Windows 10 PCs and Xbox platforms to enable people with uh, disabilities to play video games that they wouldn't otherwise be able to play. So there are sort of various controls available for disabilities now, but they don't always work that well. And you you know often have to reset them and um, every time you change a game or something or if you change the setup you it takes quite a lot of work so what xbox have done is built this adaptive controller interface that you can plug all of these extra devices into and set up your um play space with minimal fuss and it will just work it's um plug in unplug and swap it around and do what you like and it will just carry on working and it's just so good to see mm. a major platform holder giving that sort of thought to, um, you know, a, a big portion of the population that just want to get involved in gaming but can't and haven't been able to. Um, it's a, it's always a worry, isn't it? Because gaming is part, a big part of my life, yours as well. Mm. And I always think, well, what would happen if I if I couldn't yeah. do this hobby anymore? If I lost a thumb or something like that, I would be devastated. And it's yeah. really, it's I don't think I'm going to lose a thumb anytime soon. But it's reassuring to know that there are companies looking out for people with these issues and allowing them to get involved. I was really, really touched to see such a well thought out product. Mm. Um, it's it's modular nature is is incredible like yeah. the whole so there's like a 3.5 mil jack associated with every single button on the xbox one controller basically yeah. and and you can plug in all these different types of attachments and different forms of control from breath control ones you know yeah. or like, like pedals or pedals levers, levers uh huge buttons 
all kinds of stuff. You can plug in um, basically any USB joystick as well yeah. to take control of the the left analog stick um, thing. So you, there's loads of flexibility. I mean, uh, the prices are quite high because um, it's quite a specialist kit. Um, but I think what it is 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 that a lot of the time these disabled gamers will be able to get involved with um, various forms of charities and uh, sort of uh, local government support and stuff to help subsidize the cost. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's super encouraging to see that Xbox are being um, just really sort of forward thinking in this. Uh, I'm playing devil's advocate, right? Play devil's advocate. Richard, how much do you think this might be to do with, that they're in second place and they're playing catch up and they need to be need to it's it, it's a very good positive image for them isn't it yeah so would they do this do if they were in so- the brand would they do this if they were in sony's position you know who aren't doing it you know that's what i'm asking mm, who knows who i think knows? i think there's a difference though there is a difference that in the west american european culture has a different outlook on disability than eastern japanese culture and i do think in general we're a bit more inclusive understanding and progressive with those those mentalities uh at a corporate level specifically um so. yeah historically it, hmm. it's true but you know obviously that you know things go back and forth now but um i think yeah it's it can only be considered positive. Uh, I can't wait to see the the stories that come off of this, you know, from from gamers to, that are disabled and how it helps and changes their uh, gaming environment, you know. So that that's I can't wait to see that. So it's so positive, you know. I'm, uh, I'm not. I don't want to be too cynical about it. I don't think it can entirely be down to them being in second place. No, there are other things that they could yes. do to bolster their reputation i, I think it's got a lot they're it's, microsoft it's aren't they them, it's not going to net them a lot of money is it this no, no. It's, it's not a profit maker no and they didn't have to do it so even if there is part of the reason there is nobility to it mm-hmm. still i think that's nah, cool man it's cool I'm, it's a big plus in my book put it that way um okay cod blops four yeah this is Call got, Duty uh, black ops four baby announced yeah big time they had a stream uh i didn't watch the stream but i watched the the major videos that were released from it so the multiplayer reveal certainly looked like call of duty yeah i mean boots on the ground on uh, in big effect here no jetpacks or dash moves you know very traditional modern combat uh, unlike world war ii combat or future combat um looked pretty cool looked like there's lots of different classes now there looks like there, there is a health bar that isn't regenerative there are healer classes specifically and ways of healing in the map so i think you know that's a little bit of like a battlefield vibe to it actually um which i thought was which was kind of a the whole i mean it's interesting isn't it because call of duty i think did they create regenerative health i think they did didn't they that was call of duty halo 2 had it yeah call of duty was before halo 2 though wasn't it i'm trying to think no Halo 2 came out on the original Xbox. That preceded Call of Duty. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. But it's weird that we're going back the other way, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't have a huge amount to take away from that multiplayer side of it, the, the traditional multiplayer. Um, the other modes were... So we have a new Zombies mode, which seems to be this kind of strange hopping across through time. There's levels on the Titanic. The other bit was in like some kind of weird Colosseum against zombies and stuff like, but they seem to be the same characters, but they seem to somehow be 
in different time periods. So that'll be an interesting sort of story element that they're bringing to that. They're definitely leaning quite hard on trying to tell narrative in the other modes because there's no campaign, <laughs> which I think is is mad. But the big the big reveal, and as a massive fan of the Battle Royales, hmm. is Blackout. Um, That's the only thing that I bothered looking at, to be honest. Right. That, that so, does excite me. I so don't it care was... about uh, Black Ops because the second one was terrible. The third one was terrible. Not really that fussed about no campaign because the campaigns have been terrible. There's been some good. What do you mean? Just in Black Ops, particularly. Yeah, it's Black yeah Ops okay. Specifically. Yeah, I, I fucking, I still, I still, I'm so upset. In, uh, Infinite Warfare got the the shitting it got because that oh, is a really brilliant game. Yeah. Brilliant game, mate. I went through that. Um, I think I did two two playthroughs through that. Really enjoyed it. I much preferred it to uh, WW2. Put it that way, much much better than WW2's campaign. Yeah, excellent. Um, but anyway, that, that we digress. So yeah. black blackout, we've all we've got so far. Uh, obviously, there'll be more at E3, but we, all we got so far is like a concept trailer um, for their their take on battle royale. We don't know player count at the moment. There de- seems to be vehicles included, which is cool. Um, and it seems to be like they're bolting together sections of popular previous maps. With like a yeah, with like a connected overworld, yeah. um, into to create this the battle royale map. Um, who knows what that's going to play like? I mean, because Call of Duty is, it, it. I don't think it necessarily it doesn't work. I think because it's quite twitch. You know, you don't have a huge amount of health. Um, so that's quite PUBG esque. Um, so I, you know, as long as you've got like armor pickups and there's lots of interesting loot to find out there, I wonder how they're going to do loot. Is it going to be, you know, visual recognition a la PUBG? Is it going to be color coded a la Fortnite? You know, there's, there's, a, there's a few ways they go. I hope I personally prefer the realism based battle royale games, you know, bullet yeah. drop and wind effects and all that stuff that we get from PUBG rather than, uh, the Fortnite kind of arcadey stuff. But, yeah. um, I, I imagine it. it'll be somewhere in the middle. I imagine it'll be somewhere in the middle personally. I'm hoping they make it a bit more realistic. Um, that, that's the thing that excites me with this is a battle royale game done with a big, big budget, and it just looks pristine and just technically really good, like all Call of Duty games do. And that will be the edge for it, I think, if it could pull that off. It, it will live or die on their netcode for this, you know, and the player count. Um, I suspect it will be under a hundred, but. Uh, I think that'll be a real yeah. problem for them if it is. Um, uh, they'll focus on uh, technical performance, visual performance, and it will probably have less players than you might mm. be used to elsewhere. But it will, it will look fantastic. Hopefully, mm, I'm curious. I am curious. This is the first one. This is the first big uh, shooter game, AAA game, to pivot to battle royale. We've been ex- we've been anticipating it. We knew it was coming. This is the first one that's been announced. Um, so I'm curious to see how it works. The question is, is Battlefield going to try and match them at E3? Um, I kind of feel like they have to. I feel um, like they've got um, a stronger pedigree for moving into that. Well, they've got a much more impressive netcode, haven't they, with the 32 on 32 sort of yeah. the, the maps. They, they know they can handle that. So scaling it up to more than 100. That, the, the gameplay, the, the mechanics of Battlefield are far better suited to a Battle Royale. Yeah. You don't have True. that twitch shooting problem mm-hmm. which would Definitely. that that would kill a battle royale game yeah but you say that but i i find battle royale especially PUBG, is a mixture of the two 
So in, in PUBG, you need to have great long game, great medium game, but you also need to be ready to be damn good Twitch when you're in a building. You know, that's why I find PUBG is like my ultimate shooter because it combines all those elements yeah. um, to make a realistic, compelling experience. And I think, so yeah, I think, I do think you need to be good in Twitch. You know, when you, you, you got put out your SMG and your shotgun and when you're clearing a house, you're but right. then you need to be great and long and medium as well, which is what kind of Battlefield is really, really good at. Yeah. So. There's different aspects to Twitch shooting though. And I think there's uh, discrete elements of Twitch shooting that you need and others that you don't. So mm. the, the, in the moment firefight, yeah, it can be twitchy in a like PUBG or something, obviously, but you pretty much always know it's coming. That isn't the case in Call of Duty. You just bombing around corners and you're running somebody oh, and be dead. That doesn't yeah. happen so much in PUBG. True, true. It does not always doesn't you know it does happen, but it's not it's not like the core gameplay, which is what Call of Duty is, isn't it? That yeah. kind of just that lightning reaction. You know, you have to be 14 to be good at it. Otherwise, you're aged out. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I'm excited to see, man. I mean, this, 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 you know, Battle Royale is the the current hotness. So let's see. Let's see how it plays in AAA space. Exciting stuff. It's um, good for, you know, a, a trend to be about gameplay rather than just monetization or <laughs> yeah, you know, DRM or something. Yeah, no, it, it's been a long it's... time since a trend hasn't just been about uh, how to market something, you know? Uh, or, or like a quest for visual realism or, you know, 3D or, you know, just this is the, you know, while those were important elements to gameplay, this does feel very much just like, oh, pe people just really like this type of game, which is yeah. it's exciting. You know, it's exciting stuff. Uh, I guess the last one would have been like open worlds, probably. Yeah. Everybody made open world games for quite a while. They're still doing it, but, you know. Yeah. Um, Even then, though, open world is quite a broad yeah, this is very palette. specific, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell us about Nintendo Switch, um, which I completely forgot happened. Yes. Now, this is my new story that you may yeah. not have read. Um, no, so Nintendo have released more details of their online service, which is coming in September. Pricing is now confirmed. Confirmed. In the UK, it will be seventeen ninety nine per <laughs> year. Nothing. Not much, is it? Nope. Not even 20 quid. No. Um, that is just for a single user. You can get a family account as well, which is 30 odd, 30 quid, something like that. Right. Which is decent. Mm. Um, not really sure what you get for your money, other than the big selling point is online cloud storage for your saves. Fuck off. What do you mean, fuck off? Fuck off, we shouldn't be paying for that. Fuck off, it should have been there from day one. It's yeah, fucking ridiculous. I know. I know. Well, it's not. It's not anything other people haven't done. PlayStation no. do the same thing. <laughs> what but, you mean? Make you pay for it? Uh, Xbox is the only one that doesn't make you pay for it. I believe. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So you have to have PlayStation Plus to get cloud saving on PlayStation, which is shit as well. That's just it is, it is shit. Ridiculous. But you know, <laughs> if you don't want to pay for it, you can save other ways. You could put mm. your saves on a USB stick. Or you something. can't do that with Switch. You can't, you can't do that on Switch. <laughs> So it's basically a protection racket, this. Mm, a little bit. How can you not plug it? I'm looking at my dock right now. It's got a fucking USB port in it. How can you not plug a USB stick into it and back up your saves? It's, it's bad, ridiculous. It? Yeah, so I'm going to pony up the cash for this because I'd need yeah. to protect my Zelda save. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it does leave a bit of a sour taste. Other than that, you get 20 NES games 
or mm. access to 20 NES games. Great. And they listed 10 of them. I didn't yeah. bother to look what they were. No, they not. I did. Games. They weren't that exciting. Right. I mean, it's uh, NES games. I mean, fucking hell. Could have at least ponied up some SNES. Jesus oh, no. Christ. NES. Yeah. Maybe that will come. But there's online gaming. So, uh, yeah, the online service will be there, as you'd expect. And there will be discounts on um, eShop games as well. I don't know what level of discount there will be. But for seventeen ninety nine, I suppose it's not a big ask for people like you and me. We'll end up we'll end up paying for that one. Oh we? yeah, inevitably. But um, it won't be to play play Platoon online. I can tell you that much because I still can't believe you. They're 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 still forcing you to use the mobile phone for communication. <laughs> it's I terrible. Just, I thought they would have like just admitted with this information. Oh no, no. Okay, here you go. Here is a. Here's a better solution. It's just like that's just nuts. I can't believe it. Just use yeah. Discord at this point or something else. Like, why would yeah. you even? Or just you have a that? better system because I think you can do that through the Xbox app now. And from what I've heard, I've tried it, but from what I've heard, it's a lot better than the Nintendo solution. Right. Okay. I mean, for them, it's just a kind of oh, try that if you want. It's not like the main thing <laughs> that you need that to play on Xbox. But it's still mad. better than Nintendo's offering that they will be charging for. So yeah, mad, mad. Um, say, talking about while we're on Switch, then I'll, we'll get into some game reviews, and I'll talk about the probably the best game. I'm looking at my list here. Yeah, probably the best game I played since our last podcast, actually, which was uh, Garage on Nintendo Switch. Um, Garage. I, Garage. I seem to be. Uh, it was interesting because I, I got my review up um, for Embargo, um, so I didn't see everybody else's until after the fact and i think i like this game quite a bit more than a lot of other people did um i really enjoyed it this is um by a little little developer called zombie dynamics but published by who else tiny build um it's a top down think hotline miami so top down uh action no it's not rpg it's just top down sort of action game with a extreme level of gore and it's sort of a horror game, so it's super um, atmospheric. Um, it's not a huge game, but it's you know a price point that reflects that. Uh, I just really enjoyed it. I really liked the fact that it's this like they they actually refer to Splatterpunk um, on their website, and then I started looking up Splatterpunk. I was like, oh, I know what Splatterpunk is and stuff. It's a type of filmmaking from the eighties and nineties, which was horror filmmaking that was so gory that it almost bordered on the kind of like vomit inducing. um that it was just so vile and over the top and just nasty nasty video nasty type stuff um and it's like this game is sat next to mario on my switch (laughs) i love that i love everything about that it makes me so happy um that you can have these these diverse experiences now on a nintendo fucking console and currently this is a nintendo switch exclusive it is coming to pc but right now it's only on the Switch, which is <laughs> just amazing. It's, I love that so much. It's like, I said in my review, nobody, no other publisher would do this. Only Tiny Build would do this. Um, and uh, yeah, I I liked it. The game is quite hard. So there's always, you don't take a lot of damage. You die quite easily. Um, you know, you're picking up different weapons. You're fighting lots of zombie type creatures and mutations. Uh, basically, you're you're this you're an ex drug dealer, and like I said, you're an ex drug dealer because you don't have anybody to sell drugs to, not because you decided to be a good guy. You're still a <laughs> real shit. Um, and it, and yeah, called Butch, and you're just going through 
subsequently you're going down and down and down and down further into this place called the garage which is this mall uh, but underneath is like an evil government lab filled of horrible experiments and it's just really pulpy and it's got a i i really like the combat in the game i really liked how it felt uh, I love the the extreme violence and the gore, you know, when you blow a zombie's brain off, how it splatters up the wall behind him. And it's all in a really nice sort of neon drenched pixel art kind of look to it. And it just, yeah, it was fun. It's got a good soundtrack. It it just, it, it, first of all, I thought, oh, it's just going to be like Hotline Miami, but it quickly sets its own tone and it goes much more horror uh, and suspense. It's got this mechanic where doors are always closed and you kick them open. Um, so you're like, they might be locked or something and you kick them open, you burst in. And then there'll be zombies in there or monsters and you have to fight them. So there's this the feeling of, you know, what's behind that door. So it's quite nice. There's a, like a distinct visual cone as well, uh, line of sight sort of element to it as well. So no, I, I, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a, a cool, different experience on the Switch. Yeah, really good. I definitely re- recommend picking up if you're looking to play something different, you know, between your Zeldas and your Marios and your, and your whatever else is. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I like top-down stuff like that. The last good mm. one like that was uh, Mr. Shifty, wasn't it? I yes. Remember. Yeah, it does feel a bit like Mr. Shifty, actually, in that in the control style. There's there's one thing that sucks about the combat, right? So when you, you break open boxes to find health pickups and things like that. And sometimes there'll be rats in them, and mm. the rats are quite annoying. You have to kind of, like, try and kick them and stomp on them, and they always take two hits to kill. And mm. it's like you, you they're a bit difficult to hit. But once you get used to them... It's not a big problem. Um, yeah, I really dug it. Really good fun. Oh, I bet cool. I, I should probably just keep going because you don't actually have any reviews to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Though I am curious to, to hear about one of the games you played and see what you thought of it, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, I'll quickly talk about Descenders. Yeah. Now, obviously, Joel has already spoken about Descenders, but it's now come out in game preview on Xbox. Uh, and Joel, when he spoke about it, obviously spoke about it from a point of view of um, a long-time mountain biker. You know, he knows this shit. He does it. I don't. Yeah. It's been like the best part of 20 years since I was on a bike. Um, <laughs> so I, I I really have very little experience of biking or mountain biking. But I can tell you Descenders has got a great sense of speed. Um, it, feel, it plays really nice on the Xbox. It, it loads nice and quick. I like the fact that the environments are procedurally generated. Uh, it gives you um, a lot of variety as you as you, you have to play replay sections multiple times. Um handles well it's got a bit of a trials vibe to it so it's kind of like to start with you're crashing a lot you know you but you can feel yourself getting better the more you play it you can definitely see your skills improving and your control of the bike improving um which is satisfying it's got a really cool soundtrack actually richard which i think you'd really like it's a bit of house and electronica and dance type inspired music but it's quite ambient it just plays in the background to like give you something to be biking to um oh. but but it's really good for, it's really nice it's really good soundtrack obviously probably not something you'd focus on in a game like this but i think they've put some thought into that um there's unlockable equipment and gear and stuff but none of it has an effect on gameplay um and yeah it's just got this sort of like um permadeath almost roguelike structure to it so eat to to you to go through a level uh it has different nodes that you can pick uh, and as you're going through, you need you're trying to you know beat the level, but also get these bonus objectives. But you only have so many lives, so many times you can crash, yeah. uh, and then yeah. you have to start right back at the beginning. So there's that. That's why the procedurally generated levels are so important because you're you're going through the same environment again and again, but each track is different. Um, so you don't get bored. I found it. It was like a palate cleanser game for me, a chill out game after a long day at work. I'd be mm. like, oh, I'll just play some Descender and just 
bomb a few levels, get a bit better, upgrade some, sh not upgrade, but like unlock some stuff. You know, it was it was really good fun. It was cosmetic stuff. Yeah, from what I can tell, um, it's interesting. As is in game preview, playing it, I'm I can't work out what they're going to change or improve or what's missing. Um, so I'm quite curious to see where they take it. You know. Um, and again, it's at a fairly, you know, it's at a reasonable price point and stuff. So it's not asking a huge amount buy-in. It's a cool, cool little game. Cool little game. Uh, anything you want to know about Descender so I can breathe for a moment? Um, <laughs> what is your favorite color bike? I liked my yellow bike. Uh, okay. I had a yellow bike. It was, it was <laughs> quite fast. I'm not an expert on fast descending bikes, so that is probably the extent of my questioning. Sorry. That's has it got a bell on it? No. Oh, but you don't have a lot of pedestrians to dodge. Mostly it's trees. Um and rocks, which I smash into quite spectacularly on a pretty regular basis. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's always great. I love doing this thing, but you go down and jump. And you, you bunny hop off the jump, you time it, and you go too high. So when you land, you just wipe out because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> dude, you can't land that. You're dead now, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, I'm going to I'm going to tell you, right? Can you, Richard, I'm curious. Tell me about what you thought about the full part two. Um, tell you what, I've gone through that game twice in the past few days my me <laughs> i got uh really hooked. i got hooked on to getting all the achievements so i've 100 percented it now holy shit man wow R really okay. liked it you know how much i loved the full part one i'm glad i'm not alone yeah i really enjoyed part two as well yeah we talked about it when i reviewed it yeah yeah you um when you talked about it first time round, when you did the review you mm. had a bit of a downer on all the combat but I yes it's that bad actually but it it's pretty well it's fine but you could it's take it all out first. Yeah, but you could take it all out and not be missing anything. Do you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, I suppose you kind of could. But funny enough, there is an option in there to have less combat. Mm. And I've, I've gone through in both versions of the, of the game like with combat and without, and there isn't a big difference, to be honest. Still feel okay. pretty much the same. I'm not sure. What I, think, I think what it is, I remember doing this as well. I think what it was, was it's easy. It makes it a lot easier the combat. So you you kill enemies with yeah. like one shot rather than two, that kind of thing. So you take all the blobs it's, down it's quicker. Certainly felt that like, from the beginning, it felt that way. But as you get further in, and I got um, easily halfway in on the easier playthrough, and it doesn't get much different. Okay. Certainly the the hand to hand combat sections. Oh no, that's the same. I like the hand to hand stuff. Insane. That was cool. Right. Hmm. Yeah, the one thing a death punch stuff, yeah, is really good, but it's the shooting that sucks. <laughs> I yeah. fucking hate the shooting so much. Yeah, no for anyone who's not played it, um, if if you haven't played the full part one, go and get it now. It's yes. amazing. Yes, full part two builds on the puzzles of that game and improves on the combat quite a bit. But oh yeah, it improves on it by making it a bit more like Metroid, which it cannot hope to imitate. So it's got the shooty door stuff. It's got the big um, barrel roll jumps that you can do and uh, locking onto enemies and all, all that stuff that you'd expect from a decent Metroid game, but a lot more janky. It's fine. It works, but 
you know, like you say, you could probably do without not being in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the, the, you know, the themes of the puzzles carry across well from the first game. There's some quite macabre puzzles. Mm. Um, the, the overriding themes of the narrative are really interesting in this as well, mm-hmm. because it talks um, from the perspective of, of an AI as the original game does but always relates it to modes of thinking in the human mind and how we all need rules to live within to protect ourselves and we're fearful of anything that breaches those rules and it gives us sort of warped perspective on what the right thing to do is in any given situation and that's our problem as humanity we can't really get the perspectives that we need and it works that problem out quite cleverly by having three different avatars aside from the main ones you've got four characters to choose from but all inhabited by uh, multiple ais with conflicting personalities and perspectives it gets fucking mental by the end yeah and it's really clever isn't it really clever mm. it makes you think about uh, where you get your thought processes from and whether you're confined in a similar way in your thinking yeah. good Oh, hello. You're joined by a third member. My wife just <laughs> arrived for anyone listening. They, they, that's, me and Richard were kissing, actually, just so you know. <laughs> the wife arrived. It was very awkward, actually, <laughs> when she walked in to find us making out like that. You know, I was like, whoa, <laughs> awkward. Okay, not not great. Have some words later. Um, no, yeah, I, I thought it was a, it was a really cool. I, I really want to see what they do with the third game. Like mm. where they where they take it. I hope they get it. I hope they make it. I hope they do I hope it does well enough. Um I'll tell you what to see them leave it open for a second because it's been absolutely ages since Yeah, the- I thought that was quite a brave move considering yeah, the the obviously development difficulties they've had and stuff. So yeah. hopefully that means it's a bit more certain, fingers crossed. Mm. Um let me tell you, Richard, why review embargoes can be really stupid. Go on. So I was reviewing Hyper Sentinel. Right. Yes. Now this is a, a left to right sh- uh, shmup, right? Shoot 'em up. It's quite yeah. simple in its presentation. It's pixel arty, but it plays quite nice. It's fast. You know, it's not. That's not. There's nothing that special about that. The special element is the mixer integration, which I wasn't able to do because yeah. I was under embargo. Oh, jeez. So the main thing to set Hypercentral apart from all the other shmups is that when you play it in mixer mode, um, Mm -hmm. people watching your stream can can work with you or against you. Yeah, they can give you power-ups or they can throw enemies at you and stuff like that to change the flow of the game. I couldn't do any of that. It's a cool idea, isn't it? Really cool. Couldn't test it. Wasn't allowed. Shame. So, you know... I wanted to get my review out for embargo because as did most people I'd imagine. So I mentioned it in the review and it's just like, this sounds cool. Don't know if it is. Uh, (laughs) I mean, like, so yeah, I mean, beyond that, the game is fine. I quite like the music and the presentation. Um, It's pretty simplistic. It's got this, the the controls are interesting because you're always flying ahead, like going, right? So you're just changing um, like your position on tracks on the screen and then flipping around, basically, you, you're always going either left or right on different um, positions on the like on the on the screen. Almost, it's a bit different. It, it doesn't give you free control of the ship, 
which takes mm. a little bit of getting used to. Um, but you control fire modes and you get upgrades and stuff and there's boss fights. And it's fine. It's cool. It's, it's enjoyable. But shame I couldn't try the thing that stood it apart from all the rest. How big a deal is it? I think um, I did something similar to that, didn't it, with hashtags? Yeah, I think they did some kind of social integration, didn't they? Yeah, that yeah. was hard to convey in a, a review situation or a you know a critical reception yeah. situation. I'm but... not sure how important it was to the game. It's just a cool. But this is this is like their this is what all their trailers have been about. This is like this is their USP. You know, this mm. is the thing that they're shouting about as what makes it special. I couldn't fucking test it, <laughs> which I think is just hilarious. So so dumb when you sometimes you look at embargoes like Richard's playing a game right now that we're not allowed to talk about because it's <laughs> under embargo even though it's been out on other platforms for a best part of two years. Uh, it's kind of just like what's you what's the point? What's the point? <laughs> Is the game changed that much? I mean, but you know we're a small outlet, so we need to honor these things. We don't want to get in shit. We don't want to get blacklisted. So it's like we we follow the rules, but. It's yeah. uh, it's pretty mental, isn't it? <laughs> when it hurts, when it hurts, because like we're probably probably gonna say positive things about your product right now, but we're not allowed to because you've given us an arbitrary date. So yeah. cool, yeah, cool, cool, <laughs> brilliant. Um, another little game I played. I think this is the last game on my list is uh, Death Road to Canada, which got some press recently because it got delayed when the horrible shit went down in Canada. It was meant to come out that week when it was there was a shooting, wasn't there? In Canada, wasn't there? It was a few weeks ago. It's, it's easy to lose track of uh, atrocities in North America. Um, <laughs> there's there's often we just had another one, didn't we? Didn't Texas just have one? It, make, it makes me sound callous. I, I really don't know if I heard the story. Basically, there was a horrible thing that went down in Canada, and it was the week Canada, Death Road to Canada was meant to come out, and for obvious reasons, they decided to put that release off with a game titled Death Road to canada um but it's actually quite I, funny i kind of don't like it when they do that as, it, as if this game has got anything to do with that by delaying it it makes it sounds like it's associated I, in some ways not all i can tell you about the developers of, of death road to canada is they're a, a developer called rocket cat and yeah. interestingly it's three people that have never met they've never met in person i was oh, looking wow. them up i always look up the little developers when i get little games because i always find it interesting their stories and their backgrounds and mm -hmm. yeah so it's three people that have never met in person and yet make quite a lot of good games together yeah. um but they do it all remotely i think that's fascinating you know thing that is enabled by technology in 2018 i think that's incredible um so so death well, yeah, you hear about that with big studios but for a little indie outfit yeah. that's interesting isn't it Kind of like us here at BXB, isn't it? We've never met in person, Richard, and we've been doing this for years. Yeah, um, but it's it's crazy, it's crazy. Um, but uh, so Death Road to Canada is this. It's a mixture of games. It's an impressive selection of systems on display here. So you've got like a text adventure, you've got um, a management game, and you've got a sort of pixelated action game all coming together in this zombie apocalypse uh, survival thing. Uh, basically, the premise is. You're a bunch of people desperate to get from Florida to Canada on the road due to the zombie apocalypse. For some reason, you know, you think Canada right. might be safer. And also, not, as not I mentioned sure in my review, I don't think that setup needs the zombies necessarily. No, I mentioned this in my review. Most people just want to leave Florida. Um, <laughs> so that's understandable. I think that might be the joke as well of the game. Hmm. Uh, I think they're very aware of that. Um, and along the road, along the road trip, so there's a road trip element to it. So you start off with two people, or you can, you can be customized, you can just start off with one, but you find more survivors as you go. And there are often these colorful, weird characters. Some of them are randomly generated, some of them are like very much 
specifically weird characters. I had one guy dressed up as like a Godzilla in my party, uh, and it just went around roaring at Peenley, which was weird. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of funny dialogue. It's all text based. So that's kind of where the text adventure element comes in. Uh, and then you have like multiple choice, you know, things to choose from like you would in a text adventure and then the management game comes from you know you need to find um supplies you know food water medical supplies fuel uh for your vehicle and repair it when necessary to help get you on the on the journey and then there's also the scavenging sort of stuff where you'll 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 get to like a kmart or whatever and they'll be like ah do you want to raid it for supplies and you get out of the car and then you're in this uh, this sort of action game, pixel action game, where you've got your guns and your your knives and stuff, and lots of different le- levels of zombie density. And you're trying to get around, like Walking Dead. You're trying to get around the supermarket and find all the supplies you can while the zombies are closing in, and more and more are coming, and get back to your car um, with as you know while protecting as many of the survivors as you can and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it encourages replayability. Um, there is a permadeath element to it, where if you die, you die. That character is gone um and then you go so you can find other characters or you restart again and you can level up your abilities from getting these various uh, skill points so like i said there's lots of systems in display here it's three people made this game it's quite impressive um it looks well good it is it's it's really quirky it is (laughs) it's really really funny it's really silly it's it it does a good job of having a sense of humor about such a serious and dour subject because the characters that they put into it are often really bizarre and weird uh i had this masked luchador type guy join my team at one point uh, and you know there was a silly kind of character and the interactions between the characters are very funny in the text um lots and lots of good writing you know uh and it, it's big it feels like an expansive game and i it had a bit of like oregon trail to it do mm. you know what i mean like that kind of when you when you're looking at the text and stuff and your car's just trundling along the road doing its own thing and you know you're watching your fuel go down your supplies go down it's very much like uh a modern day oregon trail in that respect um yeah cool game cool weird game that most people are probably going to completely miss <laughs> um but yeah i liked it did you, anything you want to ask i was just looking at screenshots there's um a really funny screenshot here of like the multiple choice situations so there's um a picture of a sasquatch there's Ambrose. Ambrose sees a Sasquatch on the side of the road, minding its own business. What do you do? Bigfoot ain't real, or Jeremy tries to wrestle it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. That sums it up quite well, actually. The sense of humor and the attitude of Death Road to Canada. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> shall we say? I definitely recommend checking it out if you're um, looking for a slightly different change of pace. The only one of the things I will criticize is, man, I am getting tired of that art style. Like it, it works, and I understand why <laughs> small studios do it. I really do because it's it's easier to do. It's less it intensive. Looks cool. It's low cost. Yeah, yeah. I but I am man. I just find, find something else that's not pixel art, please, please. Um, but yeah, I don't mind uh, if it's done well. If it's done, well. it, yeah, uh, Death Road does it well enough. Yeah, absolutely. They do it. They they play around with light and dark quite well in this game. The shading is quite important, and and sometimes you'll have to try and get through cities in the sewers and stuff like that, and then it's like completely pitch black. Uh, but you can carry a torch, but it takes up one of your inventory spots. You know, so you can't carry a melee weapon and a ranged weapon or something like that. So yeah. there's a lot of risk reward and um, different ways of experimenting with the game and and playing and going through gameplays and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a cool loop. It's a fun loop um lots kind of, of variety kind of, kind of want it now 
It's good. Oh, I'm glad. It's I'm, is it, oh, is it? Ooh, mm. pick it up. Oh, is it in part of the Game Fest sale that's happening right now on Xbox? Um, I don't know. I think Maybe. it's just because it's it's only New. out this week, isn't it? So uh, they tend to put stuff on with a couple of quid off in the mm. first week, these indie games. They do now. Yeah, that seems to be a, a, a sort of a new trend, I've noticed, which is quite good. It's a smart move to do. But uh, yeah, um, I'm going to do a bit of show and tell now. Look Ooh. what I got, Rich. The Duke. You I got, got me a Duke, baby. Oh, mate, I didn't want one until this very moment. I Is got it... me a Duke. Is it good? It's 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 the Duke. I mean, it's crazy how much it is the Duke. Um, the only the only physical difference is the lack of the memory card slots, which I can't yes. say I'm missing really. Uh, and then the um, the the addition of these little shoulder buttons, which which plays oh, really well in radio. Obviously, I'm I'm showing people the shoulder buttons. There is a there is an unboxing up on the YouTube channel, and it will be on the website fully if you do want to check it out. Let me show you though. If I can, I can't tell you how jealous I am. Let What's me show you. I'm going to show it to you now. I'm going to show it to you now. I'm going to show the boot up screen because it's brilliant. It's the coolest little thing. It's just so silly. Um, if I can plug in this USB port, don't don't break it. I just bought it. There you go. There we go. It's plugged in. Oh, there, there it is. There it is booting up with the original Xbox oh boot up God. screen. Oh, that's so cool. Right, and then yeah. and and every time you, it's a button. So every time you press it, it does yeah. the animation. Is that all it does? It's at the moment. <laughs> those Seamus, those Seamus Blackley, the guy behind this craziness, has said yeah. that he's there may well be future uses for it. Right, but um, yeah, I couldn't not. It's stupid. The price of this thing for what it is is nuts. But seventy quid. Um. Oh God! But I honestly, I honestly couldn't not get it. I really couldn't. I, 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 I love that console. I miss this controller so much. Um, and and it feels great, mate. It feels so good. I always really liked the ergonomics of the Duke. Um, the fact that the the layout of the face buttons are in the diamond shapes. They all sit under your thumb. You know the the amazing triggers. The triggers are still great. And the crazy thing is that while this is a third party accessory, it feels like a first party accessory. I was going to say, yeah, real quality. It, it's uh, Hyperkin. Yeah, yeah, Hyperkin don't always have the best rep, but the the build quality, you know, so far from me just holding it, I haven't actually played a game with it yet. I only got yeah. it today, but so far the build quality is feels really, really good, really solid. Yeah, just it's like third the third party because it's properly endorsed, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So, the, so it's weird. Yeah, I mean, it, Seamus did a deal basically and he got the permission from Phil and stuff, Phil Spencer. Um, and you know, they 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 used all the original design docs and stuff, and they were able to do this deal with Hyperkin. And it's kind of unprecedented. It's more like it's more like second party, I suppose. Yeah, I think about it rather than third. Do you think um, you use it? What would you play with it? Um, what am I gonna? What am I gonna? I'll, I'll definitely play my backwards compatible Xbox original games with it. I can oh, tell you that mate, much. Definitely gonna that. do that. Hands of Dragoon Order, brilliant. My Kotors yes. and uh, I will the Star Wars games. I got Mercenaries. Yes, sorry. There are lots of things. Lots. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna use it. I really like how it feels. Um, it also, it also works obviously as a PC controller, so you can yeah. use it on your computer as well. Um. I just love that. Yeah. That's so cool. It's what fucking silly, the, um, isn't it? So the, dumb. The sticks and that. Is it? Yeah, it feels good. Original? Yep. Is it aged? 
or is it more modern components that feel no, it, it, what I you, don't know. How, how do i describe it i mean it's got exactly the same types of analog sticks so the slightly yeah. smaller um concave part of the right stick compared to the larger concave uh yeah. dimple on the left stick they feel from what i can remember exactly the same the d-pad's identical so it's that weird ass bumpy yeah. strange i don't know how you even describe the d-pad but it is exactly how it was okay. uh, on the original yeah and you still got you got the black and white buttons not that you're ever going to use them because it's <laughs> the shoulder buttons isn't it so it's just like yeah. why would you ever use those buttons? the worst buttons ever um but but the rest of it is uh the fact that it's a giant color screen in the middle of the control that's where your 70 quid's going like it, it must be. It's the most crazily redundant thing. Uh, <laughs> I love how stupid and indulgent. It's so dumb. It's so wonderfully dumb. <laughs> oh mate. Yeah, right. I couldn't resist Sarah's it. Sarah's been asking me, "What do I want for an anniversary present?" Bingo. I oh, know. Well, I hope they restock it for you because it's sold out everywhere at the minute. So, uh, game appears to have them. Mm. Well, get in before they close down forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i wanted to I, I knew you'd appreciate that as an old school xbox gamer like me i knew you'd understand why i'm embarrassed at how impressed i am with that <laughs> <laughs> you did get quite excited right? yeah. um but yeah no, and then the other thing i wanted to do i've got a lot of show and tell i've done i've done two unboxings today yeah. um i got i got a gift subscription for for loot crate oh yeah i don't know how that does that play i don't even yeah. know how that plays uh, I got the Loot Gaming Loot Crate subscription. I've never had uh, a Loot Crate subscription before. I've always thought it was a bit like, why would you? If you wanted to buy weird tat, wouldn't you just buy the tat you wanted? Exactly. Do you know what, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, it's okay. So I got I got, I got, got a Dark Souls t-shirt, which I had to look at for a while because I was like, I don't even know what this is. So, you know, I got a Dark Souls t-shirt from Dark Souls oh, yeah. 3. That is Dark Souls 3. Yes. That is Dark Souls 3. In the correct got, size, or is it useless? Yeah, no, you specify the size you want when you subscribe. Ah. Um, I got a Monster Hunter World, which is great. A game I didn't like that much, but it's fine. Uh, I got, <laughs> I got like a weird little sword. I don't know. This is this is really good radio, guys. I'm I'm sure you're loving this. Uh, my jaw blade replica. Show me a sword, a plastic oh, sword. A plastic sword. Uh, this is fantastic. I got this is this is handy. I got a Hope County Far Cry Five pencil case for all my pencils which that's i don't the, own that's the least pencil casey game world i can think of yeah i mean it's just like, hold on pencil. just while you're trying to murder me can you can you just can you just let me sketch you first <laughs> like like my the pretty girls you know <laughs> um i got a, i got an arkham city that's right arkham city prequel that, that's on a shelf for a yeah. while they, I think they went, we need to put something else in this box. Uh, yeah. Quick that one. And then I got like a random Far Cry 5 poster, which looks like it was something you'd get for free in a strategy guide. Mm. And a uh, a loot gaming pin of what I can only describe is a bear trap. Okay. I mean, it's a weird thing to have. Why would you want a bear trap on you? That's very peculiar. Um, so, look, I mean... How much did this cost, Ben? It cost me nothing, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> um, so I got three months for free from from Loot Crate themselves. Right. And uh, so I, I want to give that, make that very clear. This was promotional. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to do an unboxing for all three. And at the end of that, we will decide together 
if this is a worthwhile investment. Um, because you know how much it's supposed to cost? It's like 20... I mean, we can look... Do you want to look... I can't look it up because I've got... A, you look it up. You look it up because my, my, my account is in, so I will tell you. I don't think... I will tell you this. Lucrate constantly have sales on. Constantly. So I think it's fair to say it would be quite difficult to actually buy a subscription to this at full price. Um... I honest, honestly, all the time since I subscribed, I've seen I had emails for twenty percent off, thirty percent off, forty percent off, like every all the just all the time. Oh, someone's microwaving. Yeah. I can hear that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we did warn about sound effects, we? We did. Yeah, 20, yeah drink, 20% take your off. Twenty percent off for the whole of May, but because it's May. Um, cool. That's twenty percent off. Twenty-eight pounds a month is the regular price. I mean, it's weird as well. It surprised me. It came from the States, but I didn't get any import duty, so they must have some kind of thing in, in place for it. Um, yeah. But it came all over. It took fucking forever shipping. Like, best part of a month, this is this thing's been coming my way. Um, but, you know, I, I yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure there's nearly 30 quid worth of stuff in that box. It says $60. Honestly. It says it's worth $60. In really? Value. Yeah, apparently. As as someone who who does some work, shall we say, in this area, I'm not sure that's accurate. <laughs> um, I don't know if a, a t maybe that collectible the, the jawbone replica thing, the monster hunter thing, those things can sometimes be pricier than you think. Um, that that could that could push it up. Um, but the t-shirt, I mean, I don't think that's much worth much. Maybe a tenner. Um, I don't know. It's fun though. You're paying for novelty, aren't you? You're paying for like, oh, a Christmassy moment, you know, when you get it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not against the idea of it. And I, like I said, I'm going to see what the next two bring, um, and we'll, we'll discuss it afterwards as an overall concept. Yeah, I um, guess if you're just ravenous for anything gaming related, that's pretty cool. Yeah, especially if you're not if you're not near somewhere you can go for that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, I can imagine in the states where a lot of people aren't necessarily close by to a, a, I don't know, a collectible shop or a game shop and stuff you know you only got the internet haven't you um so maybe maybe that's maybe that's more appealing in that regard so i think it's it's fun it's silly it's frivolous it so. tells you what the featured franchises are as well so oh does it coming up you've got overwatch destiny 2 and metroid in your next box. great one of the three i care about awesome um cool <laughs> <laughs> Destiny would be the only one there. Uh, I didn't put it on my thing, actually, my what I've been playing. I played all the, the new DLC, Warmind. Um, I've kind of got back into the loop of it a bit. Um, I'm up to like three, four, five power level. Um, I'm enjoying it again. They did a big thing where they um, buffed a lot of their exotic weapons. Yeah. So they made exotics feel unique and powerful again, which makes them a lot more fun to use. For obvious reasons yeah um so i think that's really cool that's really helpful for the end game because it makes it a lot more fun to to be, be you know shooting <laughs> to be doing things like you know do you remember the exotic rifle that the exotic pulse rifle that fired like like a black hole guns and then they would like cause detonations on the enemies they uh, massively buffed that so it's now like you can clear a whole room because it'll do this thing whereas if you if you kill a guy with a headshot and it yeah. proc it blocks um then it will like chain reaction across to the next guy who then dies and procs and you can just clear like ads just they're all exploding you know oh, cool. in void damage which is kind of fun um 
but yeah, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying that again. Actually, I'm really back into Destiny. It's good. It's good stuff. Oh, um, how's, how's why why? Well, it's one of those that you you play if you had loads of time. But given the choice, I'll play something new. I wouldn't. I would enjoy going back to Destiny. I've got so much else to do. Have you? What else you got to do? Uh, <laughs> what have I got? Um, Near Automata is my next game. I think. Um, I'm sure I've got a bunch of stuff on PlayStation that I need to go back to. But you know what it's like. Um, back I do. With my arm, and you can't even remember what's on it. <laughs> like, I, I would be searching through my library to see what I haven't played, rather than go back to Destiny. I think. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, what? So, what else have you been playing? You're playing Celeste? How's that going? Celeste is fantastic. I've been looking at my friends list to see who else is playing it, and literally nobody is. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I have friends with poor taste. It appears you need to get Celeste. Really I good. will. I will. When it's on sale, I'll pick this. It's one of the things I want to pick up um, when there's a decent. Uh, I'm expecting a summer sale to hit quite soon on Xbox, so yeah. hopefully, hopefully that'll be included in that. Yeah, it's just yeah. added to the to the pile. I'd quite like it on Switch though, to be honest. Um, I think that'd be the platform of choice that I'd go for. I don't know if the controls would just be a bit too fiddly. Yeah, Maybe if you've got a pro, if you've got a pro controller, that'd be okay. But there's a lot of deaths and retries involved in Celeste, like Meat Boy levels of death and retry. Um, it's one oh, okay. of those precise, pixel-perfect platformers where you you can kind of work out what you've got to do, but pulling it all off in a sequence is really hard, and you'll end up spending ages trying to do it. So it's, at the end of each level, it will tell you how many times you've died, and it's always in the hundreds. Oh Jesus! Right, okay, <laughs> that kind of game. I get you. Yeah, like that. But the the level design, the just the control mechanics is it's pristine. It's really really tight, and um, re- I really enjoyed my way all through that game. I finished it in a couple of days. So although it's hard, it's not overly long. It doesn't really bash you over the head with uh, pro- making progress. It is doable. And it's based on like individual screens, like uh, Meat Boy was, but with more of a narrative flow to it. So instead of disparate screens where you complete one, then just move on to the next or whatever, there is a theme to each of the levels, and you are traveling through either like a, a hotel or a mountain or a um, bunch of different environments. And there's a story attached to it as well. So there's kind of this. Um, of mental health motif to it where um the girl climbing the mountain you can name her call her whatever you like uh celeste refers to the mountain itself is mount celeste and she's got to overcome this journey to the top of the mountain which mirrors her journey to mental well-being as well okay and uh yeah i quite enjoyed that aspect of it too but just even just as a pure video game really really tight design well worth a try recommended all right uh, no cool i i do i do want to play it i mean something else is on your list that i really want to play that i need to carve out time for especially as it's in game pass uh and i know joel really enjoyed it which is laser league yeah yeah i really didn't get this i played i've probably played three or four games so far and the first game i thought was absolute um dog shit 
Oh. I think that was more because I just didn't get it. You need to play the tutorial first. Play the tutorial and work out what it is you're doing because it just felt like anything I pressed did nothing whatsoever. Uh, and that's because there's virtually no controls in this game. You've got the analog stick and like um, an attack button and that's it. And it's on. It's, I think it's on one of the shoulder buttons. But this is basically um, online competitive sports game, either two v two or three v three. I think you can do four v four, but only offline. Right. Um, so usually two v two or three v three, and you're in a kind of rollerball, uh, speedball, stroke Tron uh, pitch environment. Uh, it's kind of like an ice hockey rink, but all blacked out, like visually like Tron, very heavily inspired by that. And it borrows a lot from Bomberman as well. So with either your one or two partners, you've got to take out the opposing team. And you do this by activating moving laser towers in the um, environment. So these pillars just rise up from the floor and move left or right, up and down or circle, whatever. And if you touch it, it emits coloured lasers in your team colours. Or if the opposing team gets to it first, it emits their colours. And you'll quickly have uh, sort of a crisscross of laser grids that cut out sections of the environment for you to either hold your the, the opposing team back or for you to be cut off from where you need to get to by the opposing team. And the idea is to take out your opponents by using these laser grids. So um, there's different classes for you to do that. You've got classes that will sort of stun them. So they're stuck while the laser grid comes out on top of them. You can have classes that push people into the laser grids and stuff like that. So it's um, very much like Bomberman, just running about and using the one tool that you've got at your disposal to take your opponents out. And as the match progresses more and more lasers appear and it becomes more frenetic until pretty much there's, there's no way of avoiding stuff okay and, and uh yeah it's really well designed actually there's one particular class which is a bit funny mark who used to podcast with us pointed it out but i, I found the same experience um myself there's one class where you can use like a blade to just kill your enemies and i thought that oh. was a bit weird um, that kind of undermines the point of the game, I think, and quite a few people seem to be using that. But other than that class, and hopefully they'll do something with that to balance it out a bit, really well designed. And um, the more you play, you get uh, you can level up by different outfits and design your character. Um, and the aesthetic of it is just really cool. Awesome, man. Eh? No, I know I, it did look super awesome. I do want to... He's got such a great look to it. I do definitely want to play that, I have to say. And you're back on Aero. Yeah. Again. I mean, yeah. you I mean, like, fair play, great game. Absolutely fantastic game. But what made you go back? DLC. DLC was on sale. Uh, yes. So I went back for that and ended up playing loads of the main game again because uh, it's one of those, for anyone who's not played it, please go and buy Aero. I'm not sure how well yeah. it's done because the... Looking at the scoreboards, the leaderboards aren't that populated. So I'm figuring either they've reset it a lot or no one bought it. It's a rhythm action game where you use 
um, analog stick to guide your way along an analog path in time to music while with the other stick you're aiming at enemies and shooting them in rhythm like res it's just so well it's kind of it's kind of like thumper cross with res isn't it yeah it's like playing both of those games at the the same same time. time yeah and it takes a bit of getting used to, but when you do, it feels like playing a musical instrument almost, doesn't it? Yeah, it's fucking awesome, mate. It's one of the best. It's one of the best translations of of music into into action into onto the screen yeah. I've ever experienced. Yeah, yeah, but um, it doesn't give you all of the tracks up front, so you need to unlock them by doing well in previous tracks. So if you get like five stars, um then that gives you more stars towards the next track. You might need to get 20 to unlock it. So you've got to do four of the previous ones to get it, that sort of thing. But with the DLC, that's extra stars. So you can unlock stuff that you might not have been able to get to before. Oh, high-level hacks. Yeah, so the DLC stuff is quite easy compared to some of the other standard tracks. Mm. You can use that to get your unlocks on the higher difficulty settings. There's three difficulty settings. Um, I've pretty much got to the finish of the second difficulty oh i have yeah so i've finished um the two difficulty settings the normal one and the higher one and then the ultimate one i've just started doing that so really into (laughs) into this game again awesome it's well it's it's our kind of music in it that's it always helps (laughs) when you when you play a rhythm uh music game which uh the music is something you really enjoy and uh i fucking The, the way the music and the action matches up in that game is just so brilliant. Like, oh my god, so so brilliant, awesome, fantastic stuff. Yeah, uh, developer is um, Mad Fellows, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so prop, props to them. Small little indie outfit in the UK. Um, they know what they're doing. Uh, I will be interested to see what they do next. Actually, they've actually just about to put out a limited physical release of the game with a manual and all kinds of stuff like that so uh I hope that so they, hopefully hopefully that means there must be a, a fan base you know there must be hmm. people interested um maybe it's done better on other platforms rich i mean that's possible i suppose isn't it you know if you talk about your leaderboards yeah i don't know the, the leaderboards seem a bit flaky sometimes they just don't load at all so i wonder if um it has had some resets or whatever okay fair enough Fair enough. I think I think we're about at the end of this podcast. What do you think, Rich? Anything else you wanted to bring up? There's nothing else on the list, and um, I'm quite keen to go and show my wife that duke. <laughs> you need to put the cell on her, mate. Yeah, yeah. cell on her hard. Look, just look at the screen. It light it does it lights up. <laughs> Seventy quid for that. Um, it, and it's just honestly, it's like holding. 15 year old nostalgia in my hands like mm-hmm. seriously it's so weird um just takes me back to that day in march when i came home on launch day with that xbox with halo and and product gotham racing and another controller um and and that was you know connected up to my in my bedroom to my 14 inch crt tv you know <laughs> i just fucking hell man <laughs> that's that was what gaming was for me um just, just 16 years ago now isn't it yeah so i i remember it like that's crazy. I'm playing with my brother, um, you know. And then I look. I I I I remember. I imported the the S controller from Japan before it got released mm. in the West because it was originally designed for the Japanese market. Um, yeah, no, it literally. Yeah. That is literally why they I'm did not it. Not being racist, that is no, literally why. That they is did literally it. why they did it. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, I can't believe that after all these years, they were able to come back and like be acknowledge the fact that this is an iconic piece <laughs> of gaming hardware. You know, so it's uh, it's it's super super cool to have um, and to be able to play it on my Xbox One. I think that's just man. Xbox is doing so many cool, interesting things, man. I can't wait to see what's going to come out at E3. You know, there's going to be some swerves. There's going to be some surprises. Um, you know, look where backwards compatibility was two years ago, right? Yeah. Look where it's at now. It's it's mad how many games are available in that service. Original Xbox games as well. Uh-huh. I mean, it's so cool what they're doing and how it's going to go forward from here. You know, yeah. so the amount of care they're giving to uh, their I was going to say fan base, but I don't, I don't know if you can say fan base for a brand like Xbox. I don't know, maybe you can, but whatever. They're, they're doing so much for their customers now in terms of encouraging yeah. loyalty and fostering goodwill. Um, yeah, it is exciting to see if they'll. I mean, on the next on the next show with Joel, we'll do E3 predictions and proper rundown of the conferences. But I just want to mention, it's mind blowing to me that Sony aren't doing a conference. They're only doing a live stream focusing on four games. I mean, that's that's crazy, yeah. I mean, complacent. Or, do you think, or, or is it just? I mean, does E three need to exist? Probably not. I mean, you you could just do streams now and you know news throughout the year. You don't really need this big central event, but it sure is fun. <laughs> you know, to watch and to cover. I really enjoy it every year. So mm. I would miss it if it went away, but. Well, it shows how the audience for it has changed because it used to be primarily an industry thing. Mm-hmm. If it's not anymore, yeah, you're right. It doesn't need to be in a venue. Just put it online. Yep. Give me a curious one. Exciting times. And with that, I think we're going to wrap up In Sickness and in Health, episode 46 of the VXB Bits and Bobs podcast. Uh, please head over to bxbgames.co.uk to check out the website. Lots of written reviews. I'm doing written reviews now because I'm reviewing Switch games. Um so, you know, you can read you can read my writing and go, yeah, no bad. And you can read Joel's writing and go, hmm, very good. And then you can read Richards and go, oh, damn, he, he do writing. He do writing. When he has time to play games. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, when he has the time Sometimes to play Sometimes he games. does. Sometimes yeah. he does. So, well, we've got one in June coming up. Maybe maybe there'll be something <laughs> before then. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, and then uh, get over to iTunes, rate and review us. That really helps with visibility of the podcast. Um, YouTube is where all the video content goes. There's fucking so many videos on there now. It's crazy. It's doing really well. YouTube are getting like new subscribers all the time. Um, I might know, I might do a new intro video actually because that was a while back. Um, so that that that's doing well. Uh, yeah, like to do some streaming. Joel keeps promising me streaming. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna needle him until he does that because he's got a really fancy setup and he was gonna stream some N64 games. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, do it, man. That'd be really cool. We'd like to watch that. Get a bit of nostalgia there. That'd be fun um so i'm gonna try when he comes back from his fifth or sixth holiday i'll uh try and mention that to him mm-hmm. if i can if i can find the time to, you know amongst the holidays um yeah so thank you very much for watching and listening to this podcast we'll be back god damn e3 is just around the corner it's getting exciting here we're gonna have load i'll be doing loads of coverage for that live tweeting write-ups you name it that's going to be happening joel's going to be sitting in with the daily podcast with me as well as much as he can richard you're more than welcome but i understand if you can't um <laughs> times mm. timings can be funny especially yes, when it's yeah. two in the morning for bethesda or something like i'm expecting it to be um uh and well, nintendo was like five in the morning last year fuck me that killed me um so yeah fun and games emphasis on the games uh hopefully me and richard will be feeling better for next time so fingers crossed for that so until then it is goodbye from me 
Ben, and it's goodbye from Richard. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>